We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everyone. Uh, Before getting the show started this week, we did want to mention uh, this past weekend in Philadelphia, there was a fatal car accident and three of the lives lost were um, from my hometown, uh, Michael Comerford and then Christian and Tucker Schimmelfinnick, uh, three of the nicest kids, just great kids in any interaction I ever had with them in any story I've heard. Um, as I've mentioned before on the show, Scranton's a super tight-knit community, and the snooze has really just rocked it to its core. Um, it's a complete tragedy. It's so unfair. And obviously our thoughts and prayers are with the family and friends of Michael, Tucker, and Christian. Um, there was a GoFundMe page that was started earlier in the week. All proceeds will go directly to the Comerford and Schimmelfinnick families. Uh, we could include that link within the description of this episode, as well as our Instagram bio. Um, if you're able to donate, please do. And uh, please just send all your thoughts and prayers uh, to the Comerford and Schimmelfinnick families, as well as John Carlos Santana, who was their Uber driver, who also tragically lost his life in the accident. And please, um, like I said, donate to that GoFundMe if you're able to. The drive goes Patty Casey for the basket. <laughs> Backdoor cut, Swider with the jam. This is Swider in close and one. Welcome back to the Swider Show, episode 29, with my boy Patty Casey. I mean, Patty, this is this has become a routine now. We're just pumping out episodes every single week. People didn't think we were gonna make it this far, but we're here, episode 29. Yeah, silence in the doubters. Um, starting to become second nature. I think I don't know if I want to apologize, Swider, or say you're welcome to the listeners for the longer pre-shows because uh, I don't know. Last week was like 40 minutes. I think <laughs> I think the first two months, the first like 10 episodes, if we tried to get to 40 minutes, I don't know if we could have. But the conversation just starts flowing now, a little more open. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's been very fun. Last yeah, no, last couple episodes have been very big. Yeah, no, it's it's been fun, man. It's been fun. So uh, this week we decided to do something a little different for the Swider Show with Patty Casey. Um, so obviously Austin Reeves has been killing in the playoffs, a friend of the show. We decided this week that we're going to rerun the interview with Austin just because throughout this week, I mean, I've been, I've been around the guys this whole entire week, and I just don't want to take them out of the rhythm. They're so locked in. 
obviously LeBron has everyone playing at a super high level and, and has everyone locked into the scouting report and, and, vice, and just everything that, that goes into it. So we thought it would be an appropriate time to rerun the Austin interview. Just, just And, Patty, I think one of the cool things about this is that the perspective that Austin gave us in that episode compared to mm-hmm. what it is now, obviously you guys will hear a much improved uh how, how much better we've gotten at podcasting, right? Yeah, but you've all you also hear, um, just how much pers- how much things have changed for Austin in his life, his perspective, and now he's getting ready to probably sign a big contract after this season, and it's just uh, yeah, just a crazy turn of events from the beginning of the year. Yeah, I mean, at the time the interview was awesome. He obviously goes like very in depth about his background. Um, it was recorded October thirteenth, which was what four days before the start of the season so i don't know he was in a way different spot we were in a different spot as podcasters like you mentioned so um the other thing swider we got to get out in front of his name maybe the hottest in all of uh the nba right now i don't know we'll get into it with the copycat league there's there's some some big debates going on but on sunday i mean he just completely took over the game so when they see austin reeves i'm sure there's a lot of people who'd be like oh shit they got austin reeves on this week it is recorded october 13th but it's the same quality of interview so you got to download, you got to listen to it again. Um, even if you listen to it at the time, I, I'll be honest, I was in the conversation. I don't remember what much of what was said. I just remember it be very high quality. So I'm excited to listen to it, re, like re-listen to it myself. So I would definitely encourage you to, uh, if you think, oh, no, I already listened to it, stick around. It'll be worth it. Yeah. And the thing about Austin is that he would probably come on the show if I asked him, but it's just like I don't, I don't want it to be – Something where it's like he, he feels like he wants to do it just for our friendship, right? Like it has to be right. the right timing for me. Yeah, and tomorrow night is game two. We're recording this Tuesday. Wednesday's game two, and then you guys will listen to it. Um, hopefully, well, I'm I'm gonna make a prediction here when you guys are up two zero, when Austin is up two zero. So it'll be even more relevant then. But yeah, all the listeners, put yourself in Swider's shoes there. Like you don't want to be the guy nudging him in the middle of the playoff series. Like, hey man, can you come in my pocket? You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. anyone. Anyone could relate to that. Yeah, because when the, when the rookie next year has a podcast and he, and he bothered me to come on during the playoffs, and hopefully I'm a big part of the team by then. Exactly. Um, I, I might do it, but I'll be like, come on, bro. You just got to get some better timing. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is what we know. We know the timing. We know the relationships. So he'll be back on in the future. But uh, maybe maybe he'll announce him signing the bag on, on the Swider show. Imagine that. That would be, that'd be amazing. Hopefully a Los Angeles Laker for a very long time after yeah. uh, after that. Yeah, we're praying for that. But uh hey. Relevant. Austin completely took over the game at the end of the at the end of uh game one. You guys went in Memphis, but as far as how was it? How was the playoff atmosphere? That was one of the more entertaining games of the weekend. The entire NBA playoffs has been awesome, but um yeah, I don't know. Give give a little recap for the listeners of, of how it went your first game in uh is it FedEx Forum still? FedEx I think it is, Forum, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is. No, I, I would just say the whole entire atmosphere was amazing. Just the playoff physicality is the first thing that really jumps out of you. I know everyone says, says it, and everyone says, oh, the, it's a totally different game from the regular season. One thing I will say is that teams are so well scouted at this point that you kind of just have to play off your concepts at this point, mm-hmm. off the things that, that you do, right? And at the end of the day, the best players, and this might be a little bit of a, a thing that, we were able to take advantage of, but usually the, your best players are going to win you the games in the playoffs. Right. We had, and Austin and Rui are two of our top six players without a doubt, right? Like, they, they are great players, but Austin and Rui kind of carried us to the victory, which made it so much yeah. more of a, of like, wow, like we have a chance to do this because 
Pat, I think the thing that we've kind of talked about over the years and talking about the teams that are going to make a run is like, who are those role players that are going to step up for you in those mm-hmm. moments where your star players are missing shots, right? We talk about the Celtics mm-hmm. and the Bucks having those players of like Derek White and like a even like a Drew Holiday, a third option. You know what I mean? Like a, like a guy who yeah. can score 30 in a game. Unique guys are going to win, win you those games, especially on the road too. Like Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It was like last week we talked about it with Trevor Lane. I asked him for Rondo candidates. Then we, we fired off the clip at him, put it to get together a great clip. But his great answer clip. was Austin. Um, and I don't think it's any secret. Like Rui and Austin, I saw them in interviews. They're saying like when you're coming into the game, when you're coming into the series – in your locker room, fans, everyone's like, yeah, if LeBron and AD like, do what they do, then it's really tough to beat you guys. But then to get that like benefit of the doubt where LeBron, at the end of the game, is still playing off the ball. AD was dominant the entire time on both ends, but like it almost gave those two guys relief to the point where it's like, all right, I know I'm going to have a night where like LeBron's going to have to have 40 and close out the game, so Austin's going right now, Like, let's ride this out. And yeah. uh, I don't know. Ultimately, it ended up working out, and like you're saying, that's just so necessary if you actually want to make like a, a legitimate push. Definitely, man, and just like just the whole entire atmosphere in general, like the Memphis Memphis fans were they were rocking. Just the whole entire pregame atmosphere and just the the hype going into the game, right? They're a two seed. They've had a great year. Obviously, they've had some ups and downs in terms of like Ja yeah. and the injuries they have. They don't have Stephen Adams or or. Uh, Brandon Clark, yeah. Brandon Clark, right now. So they're 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 not they don't have their full team, but it's like like we're we're coming into this part of the season where if we if we make those trades a little bit earlier, we're probably not in a seventh seed. So it's it's two great teams going at it, and uh, yeah, I'm just excited for the rest of the series. Ho- hopefully, I mean, I, I would never wish in- injuries upon anyone. Hopefully, Ja is able to come back and be healthy yeah, yeah. in the series, and we're able to get a full. I mean, at least that that Memphis team that to, for us to play against, but right. Um, uh, we're, yeah. we're excited. We're locked in, and, and LeBron is just watching him in this mode is, has been an amazing experience. Yeah, can you, can you expand on that? Like, what's the difference between between the regular season and uh, like this last week with with the playoffs actually starting? Yeah, Phil Handy had had a, had a great. Um, he went on all the smoke, and and they were he was talking mm-hmm. to Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson about his first year in Cleveland, how he. Um, how he was with LeBron, and he was like, man, like, this dude don't play hard during the regular season. Like, he, he doesn't do certain things like that. And I wouldn't say I had that type of experience with LeBron because I think since game 12, he's turned it up a notch. Yeah. He knows, the, like, where we were. We yeah, the be. stakes. Yeah. Like, there was a stretch where LeBron was playing, like, 42 minutes a night just so we could, like, win games, right? Like, mm-hmm. he, he has 47 in Atlanta. He has yeah. Four, like, 40 on all these different teams trying to will us to victory. Yeah, he had that stretch around like December, January, where it was like 15 games where he's averaging like 38, 10, and 9 or some shit. Yeah, he was just at a whole <coughs> level, right? So I haven't yeah. had that experience, but from the level that he was at to the level he's at now of just trying to break down the game and a whole entire. Like, it got to a point where our coaches were like, LeBron, like, we got to simplify this a little bit. Like,. Like it was too complex for like anyone else. I think everyone kind of understood it, but to be able to do that in game, it's, it's a lot sometimes, right? And right. Yeah. I think I think a lot of these NBA systems are, are hyped up to be very like complex and um and like really hard to understand. But I, I would almost argue the opposite. I think a lot of these 
NBA systems are, are pretty simple just so they give the players the freedom to kind of go out there and play without right. thinking. And yeah. Le- and LeBron, LeBron's quote to that was like, hey, like, I like complexity. I like difficult mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Like, I like breaking down these, these games and, and watching them. And he's just done an amazing job trying to ex- explain, explain to us how he feels, what he feels we can do in this situation. And he has a hundred different ways we can guard every single action. Yeah. It's just like, it's been amazing just to kind of be there, see it, and like understand what he's talking about, but also being able to to realize what else we have done in the past and what else works, right? So he's able mm-hmm. to, to see both of those things. And uh, it's cool because like they say like where we are game one isn't where we're going to be game five, game six. Like we're going to keep on adding stuff yeah. and keep on getting stronger and stronger in our scouting report and our scouts and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's cool. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. Like from your end, you're, it's your first time in there. Like you're seeing all the schemes and everything. The other thing with LeBron is like it's insane how uh, how quickly he's able to apply everything that he's thinking. Like you could see on the fly throughout a game. I saw a video. You probably saw it on Twitter too, where he was like trying to peek at the Memphis uh, clipboard. The assistant coach, or I think Taylor Jenkins, was talking to someone, and the assistant was like kind of blocking LeBron so he couldn't see it. LeBron was like, that's all right, I'll figure it out anyway. <laughs> and then, like, you watch the rest of the game, it's like, yeah, he probably did. Just You could see him dissecting mentally, like, the entire game, and then he's able to just apply it in real time, which literally no one else maybe ever in the history of the sport can do. So one of the cool things about this playoff series is that I'm running through all Memphis's plays, right? I'm on the scout team. I'm on the team that's, like, I'm, so I'm Jaron Jackson on the scout team. Oh, let's go. So we'll watch – one play, or we'll watch five different plays, right? And we'll watch them like one time each. So, for me, if I run through plays probably three or four times, I can get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and that's like to me, that's a high basketball IQ. Oh, for sure. LeBron. Will there's watch a lot. Of, there's time. a lot of players out there in like college and everything that could do it a hundred times. They still, they still don't have it. Yeah. Down. Yeah. No. no I've no, never understood sure. that, but there's it definitely exists. Yeah. So. <clears throat> we we probably watched five plays one time, and LeBron is telling everyone on the scout team where to go. Really? Yeah, it's it's just an unbelievable just like basketball IQ that he has. It's like, like a photographic memory. It's it's unbelievable. Like he he was like Shaq, get in this corner. Cole, you're in this corner. Shaq, you're coming over the top and curling this one, and then get it going into a going into a step up screen. It's like, and this is like the fourth play out of, out of the five plays, and he's telling me and Shaq where to go. And, and oh my god. Like, I'm thinking about the first three plays, right? Yeah, yeah. Fourth and fifth play, right? And and I'm not saying these are like super complex plays that involve 17 different actions, but like to watch five plays one time, (laughs) yeah. Especially and and be able to usually when you're trying to learn, like you you're like, all right, I'm going to be in this position. So if I'm the two guard, I'm going to watch what the two guards doing, and then I'm going to (laughs) figure it out. The fact that he's like all five, you go here, you go here, you're running off here while this is also happening. Watching it one time. One That's time. one of the better stories you've told on the pod. Hey, we're just trying to get better out here. <laughs> Wait, so how much are you guys practicing? Like, throughout the do you practice both day? Like, is it? I'm sure yesterday was pretty much a, a way lighter day, given that you played on yeah. Sunday. Yeah, yesterday was a was a film day. We went over film mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of were able to bounce ideas off each other. They had some adjustments that we wanted to make going into the game too. Um, and then today we, we got out there and practiced and. Uh, on both days, they had the guys who don't play a lot of minutes. We we went to the gym and, and, we, and we played live both days. So, um, oh nice! 
ha- having that ability to, to obviously ha- have a film day with like this older group and then obviously be able to go on the court today, go walk through some things, um, ha- have the scout team just, just maybe go like 50%. Um, yeah, f- for these guys, like it's it's something that's important for these guys, and um, LeBron's able to see it in in real time and really like be able to break down a whole entire defense and, and tell it. And, and right. like, AD, what do you think here? AD, you're, you're, you're the you're the MIG on this side, the most important guy from the weak side. Like, what, what do you think you should do on this side? Hey, like the MIG, M I G, M I G. Yeah. So oh, let's go. That, that's like the low man, the low man. Okay. Right, right. And then, so Jaron Jackson. I mean. Like Jaron Jackson is a guy who, who's particularly like a left-hand, left-hand dominant player when it comes to going into the post, right? Yeah. So, AD being that weak side defender, it's like, hey, AD, like, like we, we saw that he can now he can make right-hand shots. Maybe you're a little bit yeah. more aggressive on that side. Maybe, maybe you stunt a little bit more, right? So, just having those little adjustments here and there. Obviously, I'm not going to show our cards. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you don't have to get too much into scheme, but AD on Sunday was he was so like disruptive to everything that Memphis did. I think I underestimated a lot of people did, um, like, going into it. I think the biggest concern was, like, oh, if Jazz starts getting downhill. But the other day, it was like, I don't think there's another person in the league that you would elect to be guarding him off that ball screen than AD. It's just, it's just unbelievable that he can block seven shots. And, and, and obviously, it's unfortunate that the charge ended up in jaw, like, breaking his hand. Yeah, it sucked. Like, it, didn't have fracturing his hand, thank or I mean... Yeah, it's like uh, I saw that he just basically like re-aggravated what the injury that he already had. Yeah, but like so. AD took a charge and blocked seven shots. Like I don't, I don't know a lot of guys who who takes charges and blocks seven shots. Like that's yeah, he just me, disrupts everything. That's just a winning player. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. But um, I don't know. We could talk about that all day long. But Twyer, I think the biggest news coming out of the game actually was uh, you making league fits. Did you see that <laughs> <Nothing>. coming? <laughs> So I didn't see it coming, um, but one thing I will say: shout out to my man Jay Vasallo. Uh, mm-hmm. I was gonna say that. It. Yeah. So stylist, Jay Jay Vasallo is, is my new stylist. But it's funny because me and Jay go back to my when I was a freshman in high school. He was at St. Andrews as a sophomore. I was a freshman, and uh, we we've kind of had like this close relationship ever ever since. He's actually from Syracuse, a Syracuse guy. No um, way. So a lot, a lot of a lot of connections out there, but yeah. So, uh-huh. so Jay is is close with the guy who runs League Fits, the guy who who actually started the company. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I knew it was a possibility, but obviously you have to <laughs> yeah you have to get some good pictures. You have to get some good quality, get a quality fit on there. And honestly, the the, the post did really well. The, the post yeah, really oh, well. It, it blew up a lot of people. I was reading all the comments; like no one was really clowning you for it. Some of those, like I don't know, some of the outfits other guys wear, the comments will be pretty brutal, but. Yours was, uh, I think, it was a good mixture of like casual, just a pretty normal outfit, but it was a good, it was a good fit. But so I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you're putting that together a year ago. No, definitely not. One thing I told Jay is like, bro, <laughs> I'm not this flashy guy who's gonna right. do all this stuff. Like, I, I want to be simple. <laughs> I said, I told him the first time we talked about it, like, because fashion is something that like I'm not naturally huge into right but it's something that like i would like to get into in the future right like being on right. a two-way you don't make all this crazy money to like go out and buy all these different clothes but like, you make enough money where you can have a couple fits here and there mm-hmm. so one thing i told one thing i told jay is like hey like, i want to be simple but efficient right <laughs> like i mean that's I what that fit that, was and and recently it's it's been a, it's been a definite upgrade especially with the playoffs more eyes on you um, yeah. you know you're not dressing so you're right behind the bench you're getting a lot of camera chats 
So yeah, I approved. Hey, Patty, I appreciate that, man. (laughs) And uh, shout out Joe Girard from the beginning of the season. He uh, he threw a comment on my Instagram post sweater with the typical black tee, black (laughs) jeans, right, and a chain. I remember that. Yeah, the chain and uh, the Air Forces. I actually got a I actually got a call from or I got a text from from one of my guys who helped me out with pre-draft, Connor Andrews, and, and he told me that uh, I definitely won most improved. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think I think I agree of, with him that, yeah. The improvement from, from beginning of the season to the end of the season, it's it's uncanny. So shout out to my man, Jay Vasallo. <laughs> yeah, that's big time. We, we might have to get him on the pod, but uh, the other thing relevant, our interview today that was recorded seven months ago, Austin has just made the sweatshirt, sweatpants, Untied forces combo like just his uniform. Yeah, no. So uh, when I started working with Jay, he was like, "Hey, like, do you think there's any way we could like, I could talk to Austin, get get in touch with right. Austin?" Just and no shot. Well, I I probably knew the answer that that was gonna happen like before I asked Austin, but I was like, "Hey, hey, Austin, don't don't shoot the messenger." But like this guy that I know from high school, really good guy, like you do your fits for basically free. Like, he mm-hmm. was just wondering if, if you'd be interested. I was just like, nah, that's not me. That's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine, yeah. Perfectly fine. I'm, I'm, I was just asking just so, just, just right. just so, just so I, I, I did that. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I mean, Austin, he's getting to the point now where it's like he's known for it, so I think people like it. You know what I mean? Like, it's his thing now. It's unbelievable. He, I mean, maybe it's just because of the phenomenon that he's created around himself, but he gets on every mm-hmm. single time we, we walk in the arena. Dude, every single post. Every I do post. think it, it's he's probably the third most popular player on the team right now, just That's out of sheer yeah. like like Bleacher Report posts. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure they're playing into that, but yeah, I mean it's, it just looks like any any person like walking to class, going to the grocery store, showing up to practice, anything. Yeah, and I think that like that just plays into like who he is as a person. You know right. what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. There's like this certain thing of like Alex Caruso and like Austin like looking like the average man that make them like so marketable to like any fan right. base around the country. And then like yeah. no disrespect to Alex Caruso, like hopefully one day we can get him on the podcast or we can get to meet him and, and yeah, yeah. a great guest. Of course. But yeah. like Austin has like <laughs> I ran into Dave McMenamin at a at Starbucks yesterday, David Menemin is the Lakers beat reporter. Hopefully, right, right, right. Podcast at some time. ESPN. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> he asked me, and I want to bring this up too. It's like he asked me, he's like, "Hey, like, this sounds crazy, but like, people around the NBA are saying like Austin Reeves could be an All Star someday." I mean, he's showing flashes of it. <laughs> like, <when you're, laughs> like, I don't really think it's that crazy. Like, if you said that. At the beginning of the season, it probably is, but like he literally closed a playoff game where Anthony Davis and LeBron were in the same uniform as him. But like, just it sounds crazy, but it it's not that. It's crazy. really not that. No, not at all. Especially the last the sample size now has reached like twenty five games where he's averaging basically twenty a game, and is like as good in a pick and roll as <laughs> as almost anyone in the league. Yeah. So. I, I just thought I'd throw that in there just because it's just it's getting to a point where it's like it's it's undeniable. It's yeah. undeniable. It, right. It, like he he's literally going out there every single game, can can control the game in, in so many different ways, from from passing the ball to to like they don't even go at him anymore. No, yeah, they know he's like not a bad defender. The other like thing is actually, uh, the playing game against 
Yeah, 100%. The playing game against Minnesota, he didn't necessarily like have his best game. I think he went 4 for 13 or whatever. But yeah. he's still impactful. Like You need him out there for 30-plus minutes. He had like 14 points, like made big plays at the end of the game. Like, yeah, like, he's also completely a, fearless. Wasn't afraid of any moment. And, right. And this is this is a part of our. I'm, I mean, we, we kind of talk about this with him in our interview from October, but there's just like this certain level of like of like he has that perfect level of like arrogance and confidence. Yeah, he just doesn't like, give he, a fuck. It just meets like right in the middle. Uh huh. And this fearlessness, right? And it's just like Colin Gillespie. Like I've talked about this about him as well. Like he kind of has that same type of thing, um, but just like it's just an unbelievable thing just to be around and being part of it. And it's, it's inspiring. Like, like yeah, you you, you kind of want to have that like mentality of like I don't care, but I care so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just like that perfect mixture. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I don't care, but I care so much. Because you could tell he's so competitive, but he doesn't... Yeah, he, he looks like he's playing so careless and, like, so free, but at the same time, he's so, so competitive. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's actually a killer. That's why he's on the podcast today. Yep. <laughs> Very relevant. And, and but, a scratch um, golfer. And a scratch golfer. <laughs> yeah, how about that? When I come to L.A. this summer, I might have to see if that's the truth. Oh, for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, unbelievable. Hopefully he keeps it going for this entire run. I, th- I think he will. But that's why our mailbag question of the week. Um, we've been talking a lot of playoff hoops, or Lakers playoff hoops. <clears throat> but this is from Mark. He asks, what do you guys think has been the best slash most entertaining series thus far? Um, and we kind of just use this to, to recap whatever series we want. You can take this in any direction you want, but. Well, I think um, it's obvious. Your right answer, now. besides besides yours, obviously. Yeah, I think it's obvious Lakers, right yeah. now. The Kings Warriors just been phenomenal two yeah. games, right? I mean, whenever, whenever <laughs> this thing's going on, and like, it's it's almost like guaranteed that Draymond's gonna call, is gonna stir some. Yeah, whatever well, that's that's get, that's dipping into the copycat league segment, so we'll just marry the two here. What is your take on that whole situation? I, I see both sides because. Sabonis did grab his foot. Right. And th- there is a point that if, if Draymond tries to get out of there, he, he'll probably fall and, and, and get tripped up. And yeah. Sabonis might get thrown out of the game for that, right? Right. Um, I think it was the most Draymond Green thing I've ever seen in my life to, like, have that moment <laughs> Start, of, like, like, yelling at oh, the crowd. Yeah. grabbing me. <laughs> yeah. And then just totally just, right. like, stop his sternum. And like jump yeah. up in the air and like actually like, that's probably the highest he's gotten in a long time. So um, I don't know. I, I think Dude, he did like a he did like a heel kick when he jumped off Sabonis' chest. Yeah. It was like a mini trampoline. Yeah, that was and the like, funniest like, part. I was talking about I was talking to someone about this today. Like his competitive spirit and, and how much like he puts into the game and the intensity that he goes about it with, like. He's screaming in the crowd. He's like, "You gotta love this shit." <laughs> yeah, like it's just a uh, yeah. He, he's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I mean the fact he was doing that and he was like yelling in the crowd, cursing at people, and then ten yeah. seconds later they're like, "Yeah, you're ejected." <laughs> he freaks out. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of saw the ejection, but people calling for him to be suspended, I don't agree with at all. I don't agree with that. I either. think that's I think that's way too excessive. But Adam came off mute. He's got his camera on. 
he has to give his take on this. So, Adam, go ahead. I'm very excited um, to make this connection because no one's ever compared uh, anything on this podcast to the 21-22 Syracuse Orange, but I'm ready to do that today. Um, if you remember back in the ACC tournament, uh, Buddy Beheim got right. uh, suspended, right? And there was a whole discourse on whether or not he should have been suspended. And I think it was a very similar situation. Um, and I think his dad, Jim Beheim, said it best back then. If you punish during the game, then you don't punish afterwards. If you don't punish during the game, then you have to punish afterwards. Draymond Green got ejected from the basketball game, and now the Golden State Warriors are down 0-2. So I think if Draymond's in that game, they could possibly come back and win. Um, no, no. But he, they didn't because Draymond wasn't there. They probably have 30 40% part of it is because Draymond wasn't there of the loss, at least. So from a league perspective, you can't suspend now after taking him out of that game yesterday. Now Golden State has to go back home and try to win two straight just to get back in the series. They could have definitely stolen one. Now, does Draymond Green, does he have to stomp on him there? No. But, like, what else do you expect with Draymond Green? He's going to do something. He's amped up in the moment, and he needs something to talk about on his podcast. So I think that... Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not in the business of insulting other players' podcasts, Lewis. I didn't insult the podcast. It's <laughs> sure the you did. He said. Sure you did. That was one of the classic. That was one of the classic. Hey, you should maybe you should practice more rather than podcasting. I don't know about that. All I'm saying is he's gonna get good numbers on this. No, podcast. I'm just, just I'm just busting your balls. But I uh, I actually agree with that take. I I expected you to be on the side of Sabonis, to be honest with you. I don't think I liked him stomping, but he got ejected for it. So you know, I think. Yeah, I, I just don't love. I don't love uh, the p- people acting like he just stomped on him for no reason. Yeah, it was excessive, but like it was also a retaliation. Like if Sabonis doesn't doesn't corkscrew his leg there, then he probably doesn't do anything. But <laughs> Sheridan just just sent in the chat. Go ahead. Wait, hold on, real quick, real quick. We're gonna actually do it like around the horn. I'll be Real here. I'll be Tony Real. Swatter, I give you five points. I'll give Lewis six. Sheridan, wow. you go ahead. All right. Um. So I, oh god, I gotta beat six points. <laughs> well, I agree with everyone so far. Um, but I love Draymond. I think he knew what he was doing. I think he wa- he knew that he was going to face a consequence, whether it was the flagrant one, flagrant two, just a technical foul. He wanted to get his team going, which I respect. Maybe he didn't have to do it in the way that he did by stomping on Sabonis. But then again, Sabonis also didn't have to continue to hold on to Draymond. So that obviously mm-hmm. sparked... Draymond's thought process and going forward and committing the actions that he did. But for Draymond to receive flagrant two on that, I'm not really sure about it. I've seen people do worse. I've seen people, you know, get a little more under the carpet. But <laughs> a little dirty. A little dirty. Overall. Um you know, it is a dirty play. Not a basketball move. I side yeah. with Draymond. Here's a question. Yeah, I don't... Does he get suspended if the series is one to one right now? I think he does get suspended if this if the if the Warriors come back and win that game. And I think he's not getting suspended because it's O two. I, I kinda think it's ridiculous there's even a question that he's gonna get suspended, honestly. Um I don't know. I mean if he got if he didn't get ejected I, could, I guess I could kinda see it, but 
I don't think the difference in what he did versus what Sabonis did is, is as drastic as people are making it seem. But um, good takes, fellas. Sharon, I'll give you I'll, Sharon. I'll give you the win. You got eight points. I kind of zo- I kind of zoned out when you were talking, so I'll give you the benefit of the doubt there. Yeah. I heard you say you like Draymond though, and I've I've always <laughs> liked Draymond, so uh, I'll take that. But um, yeah, I think I, I'd have to agree, Swider overall. I think the Kings Warriors have probably been the most entertaining series. Kings crowd is ridiculous. I think they're. I think I might have said this last week, but out of all the arenas yeah, like that we've been playing to, in I, summer league or playing a G League, isn't it like still wild? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But like, I think out of all the arenas I've been to, like we were at Warriors opening night, right? Like, but I know Boston and Philly are known for having a great fan base. I definitely said this last week, but. Like Sacramento is the, the hardest place that we've had to play in terms of their fans and and, and how passionate they are. And just Mo, a raucous Mo, environment. Yeah, Mo Mo Bobby even said this like last night when we were playing cards. He was like, he was like Sacramento has been rocking every game I've played there, and that's a Magic Sacramento Kings game two years <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, like when, when the records when were probably like twenty two yeah. and sixty and like and like fifteen and sixty seven. So. Um, you know, it's it, shout out to Sacramento. They obviously have a great fan base, and they actually really care about their team. And it, it's it's actually refreshing too because it's like they were thinking about taking that team out of Sacramento and moving to Seattle. I know. Yeah, that would have been like actually tragic. I mean, Seattle could use a team, but I don't think they should take it from Sac. Um, I don't know. It kind of makes you wish other places were like that. No, for sure. But, um. Without further ado, I think I think we can wrap it up here, Swider. We're at like over half an hour. I forget how long that interview with Austin was. I think we were <laughs> we were still getting seasoned, so it's close to like fifty minutes. Very good takes. Um, you'll be able to watch that on YouTube as well, because we didn't put out the video the first time. That'll be an added bonus this time. Like I said, if you listen back then, listen again, download again. Um, they still count. We weren't with Blue Wire at the time. We we're still a free agent, so. Um. Yeah. Anything to add, Swatter? Yeah, Adam sent a big, uh, a big stat. This could be our stat of the week, actually, Patty. I know we haven't said the stat. No, we have. We haven't time. done it. Yeah, Sheridan's been uh, MIA. He's been he's been yeah. working a lot of weeks. We'll give him. Yeah, we'll give him the he's benefit working, of the doubt. He's busy. He's studying. Right. He, he's he's refing games. Like this yeah, guy, he's got to eat. He's got to eat lunch. Yep. Yeah. This this guy is just nonstop work all the time. <laughs> But Adam Lewis sent a big stat in, in our group chat. 10,000 downloads on Blue Wire. Let's just get a... Oh, total? I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's, no way. That, that, that's a big accomplishment for the sweater Come show. Come on, so, you. Clap it up. Yeah. That, we'd like to thank all you guys for, for just tuning into the sweater show every single week. We're still growing. We're still getting better. Podcast is ever-evolving. So, uh, right. Keep on tuning in. Keep on showing love. Obviously, keep on sending your questions into the sweater show at sweater show at gmail dot com, and uh, yeah, we're gonna keep going. Keep 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 doing this thing every single week, and and yeah, just hopefully that's amazing. But by, by, by the time you guys hear this podcast, we're up in the series two zero. Two zero. Yep. And then uh, the Austin the Austin interview will will do ten thousand itself. So looking yeah. forward to that one. Without further ado, let's kick it over to Austin. Austin Reeves. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Appreciate y'all for having me. Like I said, anything for my boy. Yeah, man. So uh, we, we just we just flew in from uh, from LA. We, we had a game last night and kind of the quick NBA turnaround. We're just getting right into it. Play SAC tomorrow and uh, for our last preseason game. So obviously, first question that me and Patty always like to like to ask is uh, recently just talk talk about preseason, how that's been going, and and obviously just just kind of just going over your performances and how the team's looking so far. I mean, there's a lot of new faces, so it's going to be a little shaky um, just from that standpoint. But I feel like it's been a good vibe all around the team, uh, performance, you know. I just try to plug and play wherever I can, help the team be successful. Um, but can't wait to, to get the regular season started and, you know, have fun with the new group. Yeah, for sure. I- like, like I, I've been saying, I, I think the vibes were great on the team. I think we have, obviously have a lot of characters on our team, but just overall, it, it's been a been a pretty good start. Obviously, wins and losses haven't been too indicative of that, but you know, preseason, Bron's just getting used to playing with everyone and everything like that. But um, obviously, start starting from kind of just we won't go like too in depth in terms of just Arkansas stuff like that, but. Uh, just for, first question from that aspect: What was it like, kind of growing up in Arkansas, um, in the basketball culture there? Uh, I mean, it's what I knew, so it was normal to me. But probably not for everybody. I grew up in a town of uh, 1,100 people. My graduating class was 52, uh, so super small. Uh, the sport, sports, all in all, was. I mean, it's a big thing, but like you don't get, you don't get really high level talent. Um, in those types of places but you know it's some of the most fun I've had playing basketball or any sports in general just because you play with guys that you've known since you were four or five years old so uh, I would say it was really fun on that aspect just because like I said you've known them for so long the chemistry you have and uh, like I'm a big chemistry person when it comes to sports so uh, just knowing you know where where people are going to be at the right times is is big in sports so it was a lot of fun. Um, didn't get the the offers, you know, that I thought I should have had, but you know, I I found a way. Um, awesome. First of all, thanks for coming on. I'm gonna do my job as a co-host here and actually speak. <laughs> the listeners were getting a little little worried I wasn't here this week, but I am here, guys. I'm I am here to uh, participate in the interview. So I I mean, you mentioned there's only what 1,100, 1,200 people in your hometown, so. I was curious, like, when you go back now, are you just, like, a legend? Because I'm, I'm sure, you know, 
I come from a pretty small town, not that small. I'm sure there's not many Lakers players that are going back to your hometown. So is everyone like, are you like the Michael Jordan of of Newark, Arkansas, or what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> honestly, but I don't really, I don't like to claim that. Um, but it's kind of been like that ever since I went to college. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I was the first D1 uh, kid to ever come out of my school, and really the area, honestly. But when I go back now, I think it's so small that like you know everybody so everybody knows that i'm i don't really like the attention i just like to chill you know play golf play basketball and that's it so everybody really you know leaves me alone for the most part but it's it's really the little kids which i really don't care about just because you know uh i'm i want to make the the younger generation happy and give them some hope yeah Yeah, man i obviously just just playing with austin now just he's the most humble Humble guy I've ever been around. Just the first, so from the first day I met him, I was like, uh, "Yeah, you're the hell of your last year." I was like, yeah, man, it was okay. You know, made, made a couple shots, <laughs> made a couple shots. But uh, yeah, also kind of going off of that, just talk about your your senior year of high school, kind of what, what went into your college decision, and what schools were recruiting you, and um, and what other sports you played in, in high school. Because Patty, you, you you wouldn't believe. I, I gotta I gotta cut in real quick here. Given that you're you're talking about, I mean, Swider saying you're you're one of the more humble guys around. You got to tell the story about your career high in high school, because like when I was looking up articles, I was like, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Do you know this? No, he, he told me. I didn't uh, tell yeah, him. Got, I didn't want to tell him. You got to tell the story. Yeah, you got to tell the story of this game. Yeah. So it was '73. Um, we were actually <laughs> playing the team that won the 5A state championship. So it goes to seven in Arkansas. We were three at the time. They were five, um, but arguably five was the best class um, as a whole. They ended up winning the 5A state championship that year, but it was a track meet the whole game. Uh, it was three overtimes. Uh, the final score was 117 to 115. I shot 38 free throws, I think. I think it was 35 or 36 for 38, uh, something like that. But. It was one of those that I looked up, I think, at the end of regulation, it was like the fourth, and I had 50, like, eight or 59, and I was, I looked, I was like, damn, and then I didn't look up until the end of the game, and I honestly thought they had a typo, like, I was like, they, they messed this up, because there's no way I just had that many points, but, uh, I went in the locker room, everybody was going nuts, so, it was, I mean, like, any, any basketball game you play in, it's like, 40s, obviously, a lot, 50s, like, holy shit, he has 50, 60s like unbelievable and then 70s like inconceivable 70 is inconceivable so so awesome we're talking <laughs> about 16 minute halves or this one we play yeah eight eight minute quarters 30 so, so, Co- so kobe has 81 in 48 minutes i was just about to say that there's been like three 70 point games outside of will in the history <laughs> <laughs> Like, and you're just doing it in an Arkansas high school game. It's unbelievable. I knew it was going to be a game. I knew it was going to be a game like that when they was calling the starting lineups and, you know, you go over to shake the other team, the, the other team's coach's hand. And the dude literally, like, I go over to shake his hand regular and he, like, he daps me up and was like, let's hoop. And I was like, oh, it's going to be one of these. Like, it's just going to be, yeah. oh, it's going to be a track hold this, meet. Hold this 70. And our coach, our coach the whole time was like, we can't run with them. Like, we don't. We don't even need to try. And I was like, we're going to try. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, 
so, so, so now back to my question, Austin. Uh, thanks, yeah, Patty. Sorry, I, I, that was just like we, we needed to cover that. Oh no, no, for sorry. sure, for sure, yeah. For sure. But yeah, back back to my question. Just talk about your college recruitment, uh, some of your other hidden talents that you have, and uh, <laughs> just talk about your just your recruiting journey in general, and then the decision you ultimately came to. Yeah, so I didn't. I only played one year at AAU. Uh, I played baseball growing up, which always was kind of a conflict. Uh, for basketball, but then got burned out on baseball, so I played my last year at AAU, and that's really when I got any type of interest. Like my junior year, I had talked to a couple, you know, a lot of D two schools, and then a couple small D one schools, um, and that was really it. Senior year, uh, had a really good year, and I think I ended with like three offers, and then when Wichita offered, I was like, all right, this is. This is definitely going to be my best offer. They had just come off the Final Four. They had Ron Baker, Fred Van Vliet. They were a really good team. So the culture was good around there. I took a visit there and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be stupid if I didn't, you know, jump on this opportunity real quick. So that was really it. I didn't I didn't really have a lot. Uh, everybody was saying I was too uh, unathletic, couldn't, couldn't hold my own. I was too skinny, all that kind of stuff. But, you know. You bet on yourself and everything will work out. What, what were some of the other schools that, that offered you? So it was Wichita State, South Dakota State, <laughs> like Montana State or something weird like that. But the crazy thing is, is like my mom and dad both played at Arkansas State. And we had, we had a four-day tournament there every year. And like the scoring title for the four-day tournament was like 130. And I hate talking about myself, but like, I have, I averaged like 49 for the tournament, and still didn't get an offer. So it was one of those like it was like I did literally everything I could do, and nobody would offer. I always, I always give credit to those coaches who were at like Montana State and South Dakota State, for sure. who, who offered like Kyle Gillespie, right? Like right. same same type yeah, of yeah. thing. I, I I give the guys at Holy Name a lot of credit. You know what I mean? Where it's like, all right, like. They, they offered this kid before Villanova did. Yeah. The other thing that's great is, like, the Montana State and South Dakota State coaches are definitely watching you, like, kill it for the Lakers, and they're like, yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I had an eye for him, like, right away. For sure. Yeah, it's like we, we saw the talent when no one did. No, that's yeah, facts. exactly. That's facts. But, yeah, just, just kind of going off of that, obviously you have a – Big time senior year, and then you decided, obviously went to Wichita State. Talk about the transition from Arkansas high school basketball to Wichita State. Um, obviously, you had a crazy journey at Wichita State and everything like that. So, just talk about that that, that transition from from the, from those two polar, I mean, not polar opposites, but just two different levels of, of basketball. Yeah, so I graduated uh, high school at seventeen. I was six five and buck sixty, maybe. So I was skinny. I was. I'll never take that away from from college coaches when they looked at me, but I mean it's hard. It's not hard to get in the weight room and lift and put on weight. A legit six five, Patty. Not not the six yeah, one nah, you yeah, say you are. Yeah, I'm, you I'm more. I'm closer to six six, but yeah, depends um, on what shoes I'm wearing. <laughs> five sure. eleven on a good day. For yeah, sure. if I'm wearing some Kyrie's, I'm like six seven. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was. I mean, I'd never played with talent like that. When I played uh, AAU, I wasn't on the EYBL team. It was a hand-picked side team. Uh, I wasn't good enough to play on the EYBL team. 
so I was for the first time playing guys that were don't want to say better than me but like physically more gifted more athletic um, and Wichita is not like a one and done type school like you had guys that were 20 22 21 years old that me being 17 trying to compete against um, but it was just I mean it was like my whole mindset I mean basically throughout all the basketball is like figure out one thing you can do to get on the court and do that really well and then expand uh, so that's what I did my freshman year I didn't play a lot uh, like 11 or 12 minutes but uh, going into my sophomore year played probably 21 minutes a game and I mean we were really successful there so awesome one of the things that, that we talk about all the time is like obviously we both transferred and you're one of the most gifted patches I've ever been around but talk about how your role at Wichita State didn't really, like Obviously, at me at Villanova, you were Wichita State. Like, talk about how your game kind of evolutionized once you transferred, and then, like, what, what was some of the, what was like kind of like your role at Wichita State, and what got you on the floor? Is, is, was was some of those things you were just talking about? Yeah, it was really just catch and shoot and compete on defense. Like at that time, I wasn't physically gifted enough to actually be a good defender, so I had to take charges, dive on the floor for loose balls, all that stuff that's not fun um but that was never my game like I literally I did that just so I could get on the court like I was always a point guard always tried to get others involved and so when I was transferring I was trying to go to a situation where I could be more myself and like we had played Oklahoma the two years that I was at Wichita and like the way Lon uh coach crew let his players play was something that attracted me there and when I got there from day one, like it was, you know, be yourself. Uh, so it was, it led me like, honestly, like just play basketball again and like really find the joy in basketball again. So you have a, so you have a good few years at, at Wichita State and then uh, you ultimately decided to transfer. But at the same time, like when I was at Villanova, like I felt like that prepared me for the next level. Um, do you think if you didn't go to Wichita State, you would have had the same mindset going into the NBA, playing with obviously LeBron and Russ and AD, and, and being able to, to fit in like, like like you said, if you didn't have that? Experience? I mean, not not to the extent that I needed. Uh, coach Marshall was a very strict coach, and you had to do exactly what I mean he wanted you to do, and that kind of I mean it bleeds over to now. I mean, you got to do all this stuff that's not fun and dive on the floor take charges um and figure out how to support guys that i mean are arguably the best in the game so i will say that you know uh coach marshall did prepare me for uh what i've done the last year or so i was curious about um you're one of the last like transfer classes that actually had to sit out a year and obviously you go from Wichita State, you have a full year off, and then you're in a completely different role when you get to Oklahoma. So I was curious about that year and, like, if you focused on specific stuff and kind of what your mindset was and how big that was for you for getting better. Yes, yeah, so I'd actually – The role that you had at Oklahoma. Yeah, I actually – I wanted to redshirt my freshman year at Wichita, and I went to coach and was like, yeah, I want a redshirt, and he basically told me no <laughs> – <laughs> and then I got hurt. <laughs> I, I had dislocated my shoulder, 
and I wanted to get surgery on it mid-year so I could take the rest of that year and then the full summer to be, I mean, because I was still going to get my medical redshirt, so be prepared for my sophomore year, and but it would be a medical redshirt year. So he told me no again that I was going to play, and then sophomore year he told me, or at the end of freshman year, he was like, you know, we'll talk about it next year. But we were going to be really good. Uh, I think we were we got the third in the country, so like we had a squad, and I didn't want to miss out on you know potentially making a run. So kind of pushed that to the side. So when I was leaving, like I was kind of prepared to you know take the year just to try to get I mean better in all aspects. But I mean the main one was just getting the weight room and get stronger. Um, it sucked though like the year sitting out was horrible yeah, you know yeah. i thought i was good with it until like games rolled around and then i'm sitting on the sideline with like i couldn't do anything like i could just talk and that's it but it it was it sucked but i was something that i really needed yeah it's, you're the you're the ultimate gamer too so i can yeah. only imagine what I'm, I'm not saying austin's not a practice guy because obviously austin has improved so much yeah. you know what i mean but Austin is uh, definitely a gamer. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously you decided to transfer after a, a couple years at, uh, at Wichita State. What, what what kind of went into that decision? And talk about the transfer recruiting process and how, how much different that was in high school. Yeah, uh, so we had six seniors, I think, my sophomore year at Wichita. And then Landry Shamit was uh, – entering the draft so that's seven and then we had like four or five guys that were transferring as well and I nobody even thought that I would leave like I didn't even think that I would leave honestly um and then but with all that happening like and I will say coaches like he's tough to play for so you bring in a whole new group of young guys that you don't really know how or how to handle how they're gonna handle that situation so i just thought it was you know best for me to you know go fit go find a fit for me that's better for myself uh and then at that point the recruiting process from that point was completely different actually funny story i had class i think marshall told me to keep quiet on me transferring it was like on a saturday and he told me to keep quiet to like a Thursday because we had recruits in town. And I was like, you know what? I can do that. Like, I don't That's care. That's so real. And which I don't, I mean, I was cool with. I didn't care. Like, he had gave me an opportunity. <laughs> so, whatever. I'd, you know, repay the favor. But somehow it got leaked on Tuesday because I had class at like 8 30 or 9 in the morning. And like, my mom would always call me like 8 in the morning. So I'm asleep Tuesday morning and like my phone is going off. So I roll over, don't even look at who's calling me and I just answer. And it was uh, a sports coach. Juwan Howard? No, the one John John Beeline. John Beeline. John Rusty? It was was Beeline and he was like, "Uh, Austin is Beeline from Michigan. And I like, I was still asleep. So I was like, why like why what are you calling me for he was like oh i see you entered the transfer portal and i was like it's not supposed to be out and he was like oh well it's out like twitter go look whatever and i don't even have twitter but he was like it's out and it was just from that day till i committed to oklahoma it was people calling me left and right like 
had a lot of offers after that. How how quickly did you commit to Oklahoma? Because I know Swatter, you were what like two or three days to Q's? Th- three it days. You, it was that fast. Yeah. But we uh, you couldn't even go on any visits because it was that's COVID true. year. So and I already visited Syracuse. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Everything like that. And I and I knew I wanted to play for Bayheim and sit yeah. in that two three zone, shoot threes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the life. Uh, it was. I honestly knew pretty quick. Um, but my my people wanted me to to take other visits, so I went to Purdue. Uh, I actually went to Northern Iowa as well. I was real close with their coaching staff. Um, but I knew because I went to Oklahoma first because it was it was like a two hour drive from where I was at Wichita. Okay, okay. Uh, went down there like it's basically like a week after I got my um, whatever release papers and knew that's where I wanted to go, but. Just out of courtesy for my people, I took I went and looked at a couple other places, and then I was done. I, I didn't really like the whole process. I don't really like talking to people like that, so I was ready to get it over with. <laughs> so, obviously, you transferred to Oklahoma. Um, talk about that transition. Talk about the year, your junior year and, and kind of like just – well, obviously, you sat you sat out here. We kind of talked about that, but your, your first year playing, like just talk about that, how, how, how that transition was and, and how that – Obviously, that year off kind of prepared you to, to play in the Big 12. Yeah, so uh, the Big 12 is tough. Uh, it's just there's so much defense. Like, all coaches just preach defense, which sucks because if you want to, like, really get active, like, it's hard. So if you average, like, 13, 14 in the Big 12, I consider you to be really good. Um, but it was a good year, junior and senior year, pretty kind of similar. Um you know, I think end of junior year was when COVID happened and we got in the tournament. We squeaked in the tournament, but we were really like just catching traction. Like with, we had a bunch of new guys, uh, nobody that ever really played together. So we just were catching traction and we had a good draw. Um, so it sucked that everything shut down at that point, but you know, two good years there um, and just catapulted me to the next level. Talk about your development between your junior and senior year at Oklahoma, right? I remember w- one of the things when, when I came in is like, I was like, wow, you're an unbelievable passer. Um, you're like, yeah, like my junior going in, it's my senior at Oklahoma. Like I wanted to show I was a point guard. So all I did that summer was pass and just learn how to play with other players. And, and one of Patty's favorite players, Brady Manick. <laughs> no, the other thing, well, this is like a serious question that's adding to your question. <laughs> I can't make a joke, but... uh Talking about your passing, such a fascinating question to me is like, are you thinking about the passes you're making, or is it just all instincts? Because I'm firmly of the belief, like I've gotten in this argument with people, that it's like mo- it's like 95% instincts. But like when you throw a good pass to anyone, like that pass you threw to LeBron in the air last night, like are you thinking, or is it all instincts? Uh, I I can agree with you. It's like I would say 90% instincts, and then but yeah. like I hate when I hate when like announcers like so last night when I made the pass to Brian uh, I'm pretty sure one of the announcers like oh he got caught in the air like no it, 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 <laughs> I, I baited that it's to happen like it's yeah. it, I seen it coming the whole time but like the one I threw to Cole in the corner I it was like alright I'm gonna just I'm gonna try it like <laughs> I that's the kind of mindset I have. Like, it, it's probably, it yeah. hurts me at some points just because I'm like, all right, I'm going to, who, like, I'm going to just 
basically fuck it. Well, like, I'm going to just throw it. One thing people don't, like, factor into being a really, really good passer is you can't be afraid to have, like, six turnovers. No, 100%. Like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like, you, you're just going to let it fly, and, like, you might get picked off, and you might look dumb sometimes, but other times, like, wow, that was a sweet pass. 100%. Patty's acting like he's, like, a really good passer all of a sudden. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know, like. What are you t- I mean. You're, you're a score first guard. Like, no, I'm not. No. <laughs> I definitely led Syracuse in, in uh, practice turnovers, but there was a couple times <laughs> where I'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, 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 so Patty would always play against the 2-3 the zone. Like, he'd be uh-huh. like, and, uh, oh, my God. He, he would either throw an alley-oop dunk <laughs> or just a, a turnover. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I looked like Jay Willow, and it was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it works out, it's like, I don't know, it's worth the risk. Yeah. But yeah, going back to my question, Austin, uh, just t- talk about your junior senior year, just kind of the, the, the change that you made within your game to kind of propel yourself to an NBA or consider yourself an NBA prospect. Yeah, like you said, I wanted to make it a point to where I was a point guard at that time. I think everybody thought of me just to be a, a two, a shooter that could score. Um, but my whole life, like I said, I've I always – got the most joy of like getting everybody else involved so like you said that summer I was like I'm gonna make it a point to the coaches that I'm the best point guard on the team and even though that they probably didn't even think I was a point guard at the time uh so all summer I literally was just I don't know I didn't shoot that much I was just passing it the whole time um just like I said to try to get them to be like okay yeah like you're our best option at the one uh and other than that like it was just you know getting in the gym skill work and then on top of that getting stronger yeah well one thing that that people don't really give you credit for is that you're like a sneaky athlete i appreciate that yeah you know what i mean (laughs) patty sent me that video the other day of of, uh you getting steph on 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 that movie it's like wow unbelievable yeah that was crafty too. Like that was like a mix of, of a lot of things. That actually leads me to. I wanted to ask about a specific play in your senior year. Um, this might be bringing up a bad memory. It ended up being your last college game, but it's kind of like what Swider said before. You guys play Gonzaga, who I'm sure all the listeners remember. They're undefeated to this point. I think it was Sweet 16, right? Nah, 32. It was the second round. 32. Okay, my bad. But uh, you end up having like 28, 27 in that game, and there's a clip like the first play of the game where. He does the swider, like, dead dribble with his left leg, and then you, like, throw it across and do a reverse layup. Do you guys, like, watch your own highlights after that? This is a question for both of you. Like, are you like, oh, shit, like, I got to watch this after the game? I honestly didn't know it was that tough until, like, it was posted everywhere. So it was like I had no option. I had no option (laughs) then to see it. Like, I got on my phone, and it was, like, first five posts, that's what it was. Um, I'm not a big fan of watching my own highlights because I know, for one thing, I do good, and there's probably something I do really dumb. Yeah. So I stay away from my highlights. Yeah. To answer that question, for I probably had one like major highlight this year, and that was my Wake Forest dunk. So. Oh, now you got a lot. I mean, in the in the uh, oh, is that the Wake Forest dunk that's in the intro? The back door uh, to Swider. No, no, that's actually from summer. No, that's a different one. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, every now and then I'll throw down a dunk, kind of like Austin, every now and then. Yeah, yeah. 
I got to be feeling real good to do that. Two points is two points. That's how I think of it. Yeah. Must be, must be felt feel good the other day. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't want to dunk it, but I had to. Oh, you had to. Yeah. Decent move. You got to cap it off. Yeah. But obviously, that that, that year, that COVID year, we, we, we talked about it with Colin a little bit. Colin has a very strong opinion on the COVID year. Well, how was that COVID <laughs> year for you? Because... Uh, we obviously, like at Villanova, we were we were locked down, couldn't really see anyone. Um, talk about how like that that year kind of just affected you and everything that was going on. Uh, you know, it didn't really affect me that much. Uh, I'm a homebody. I play the game a lot, and who other than that? I mean, I could golf too. So everything that I really like to do, I could do. Um, I didn't really go out, chilled in the house. So it was really like. It's kind of nice for me, honestly. Like I didn't have to deal with a lot of people. I did definitely didn't have to go to class, which was amazing. Um, but yeah, nah, it was nothing really changed for me. Who who have you guys golfed against each other yet or no? We've played, we've played together. Yeah, I want to say against each other. It's not a. <laughs> what? Austin's like a scratch golf. Austin's a scratch uh, golfer. Come on. No, That's I'm serious. Unfair. Patty. No, I'm Patty, saying like Patty. Me and you are comparable. Like, that's just not true. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> wait. Are you good? I'm like all right. I'll no, shoot like mid 80s. You if, said mid 80s. Like at best, mid 80s. Yeah. Mid 80s is a good score. That, that's yeah, that's like once in a blue moon. Yeah, we played twice. I think the first time I beat Swider by like 25, and then Swider beat me by like two the next time. So Get out of here, bro. <laughs> I think you quit that, that time we played. The Dude, that was time. a Monday. I had a long day of graduate classes. You went Oh, out. yeah. I don't know. After your senior year, obviously you guys lost to Gonzaga in the second rounds. Um, talk about just kind of the process after the season, like h- how you went into hiring an agent, and then after that just – just the draft and, and just those draft workouts because we talked about four, 18 draft workouts. Yeah, 18, 18 draft yeah. workouts. 18. Uh, it was kind of like the recruiting process. I didn't really enjoy it. It was, you know, people just, a lot of agencies just say the same stuff. Like, oh, we're going to do this, 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 and this. But, you know. I didn't want to be another number, so I went with a, an agency that didn't have nobody. Uh, they have a bunch of overseas guys, so I kind of wanted to be the first. And like, at the end of the day, I always thought that like it would it come down to like if you could hoop or not. Like if you can't hoop, it don't matter. Like, but if you got game, then at the end of the day, you'll figure out how to you know get in the situation that you want to be in. Um, so I went with, like I said, guys that, that didn't have nobody. I knew that they were going to work every day to put me in the best position. And I wanted to build something. Like I wanted to help them, you know, because it had been kind of like my story uh, with basketball. You know, really no offers, like three offers, whatever. And then they've been in situations where – they had come really close to getting a really good player and not get him because they didn't have a guy. Like, they didn't have a guy in the NBA. So, you know, being being the first for that was is special because, like, I have a really good relationship with both of them, um, both really good people. And, like, the, the draft workouts, I did 18. It was a long summer, like – long uh i remember i think boston was my last workout and i was just so ready to get it over 
and go back to the house, I think, for two days before the draft. And then right after that, I was in L.A. Um, but it was, I mean, it was fun. Like, I got the chance to compete against, you know, a lot of guys that were supposed to be better than me. Um, but it was it was a good summer, you know. I felt like I handled everything the way I needed to. Yeah, I mean, so obviously you mentioned you signed with L.A. You move into Summer League. Um Watching you play, I definitely describe you as kind of just having a knack for like making plays. It seems like, you know, even if you're not maybe shooting it well, it's like you play good defense. You kind of just find a way to to impact the game whenever you're there. So is that sort of your mindset going into summer league right off the bat? Like you're just like, okay, I'm just gonna play my game and and kind of just try and like fill up the box score no matter what you know areas I'm actually doing it in. Yeah, I mean, I knew going in like it wasn't gonna be the best basketball and. It's not good for me if it's not good basketball because that's what I – I mean, I like to think that I play good basketball 95% of the time. Um, so I knew going into there it was going to be not great basketball. And then on top of that, every NBA team's got guys. Like, you've got bronze, ADs. Like, it don't even matter if you go to – like, we're in SAC. you got De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis. you got guys. So you – don't need to go in and try to get 25. You need to do all the little stuff, play defense, box out. Just, like I said, little stuff like that. So that's what I really wanted to do, and it didn't matter. Like, I shot it horrible in summer league, but it was all the other other stuff that, I mean, apparently caught um, the right people's eyes. Yeah, just, just going off that, obviously, um, summer league is <laughs> – one of those things where it's all right. You're in Vegas. You know what I mean. Like you're playing a game every other day, um, and then obviously if, if you're not winning, it's even more. It's even more brutal. Yeah. Did you guys play in the California Classic last year yeah. too? Yeah. So so playing eight games in seventeen or seventeen eighteen days, it's it's tough for sure. Especially if you're if you're not winning. But it. Well, so one of the scouts I was talking to the other day, Patty, was like, yeah, like. Austin like didn't have the best summer league in terms of shooting the ball, but we could tell from the beginning that he was going to be able to fit with LeBron and AD. Austin, yeah. Austin, talk about how just going going from summer league, maybe not playing as well as you wanted to, if if that was even a thought, um, to obviously going into training camp and just trying to prove who you were and 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 obviously getting converted pretty early. Yeah, so it was actually bronze mini camp last year. We went back, we went to Vegas for bronze mini camp. We did basically the same stuff we did this year, played well, shot it well, and that's when I got converted. So it was the Sunday before, so we had media day Monday, Tuesday training camp started. So the Sunday before training camp is when I got converted. So that was a sigh of relief. Like I didn't go into training camp, like, you know, having to like, not press, but like, I kind of got the spot, so, like, I could really just go be myself. And then from day one, that's what everybody, I mean, preached to me. Like, I have Bron, you know, AD, Rondo just telling me to, to be who I am. Like, IQ guy that, you know, plays the game the right way and everything will, you know, fall into place after that. Yeah, no, you can you can tell. It's the way that Austin plays, you know what I mean? It obviously fits fits those three guys, but at the same time, it, he, he makes his presence known by – Diving on the floor, you know what I mean. Get, make, make, making a making an extra pass to, to Braun to get him going, or hit hit Braun on a cut. Especially now, I think, obviously. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You've really been able to come into your own for for that. Um, so, so just talk about the just the season as a whole last year. You don't have to go too in depth, but what, what was one game that that you felt like all right, like this is a league I can play in. This team, like this team, could use me. And then just talk about just the progression of your season last year. Yeah, so it was actually the second game of the year. First game we played Golden State, I believe, DNP, first one of my career. That was the first time I ever been on a wow. basketball team and no did way. not see the court. And it was like, I was with my agents and I was like, well, y'all witnessed history tonight. Like, and they was like, what? And I was like, this is, a, this is the first time I've been on a team and not seen the court <laughs> once. Like, yeah. I had games in college my freshman year where I only played like four or five, three, three, four minutes. But never never had a dmp and then so that was the first game the second game we played phoenix they was beating us by like 30 and to start the fourth coach threw me in and i believe at that time it was me Braun, russ ad Mello on the court and like we um i think i hit like two or three threes got another bucket and like we cut it to 10 with like two minutes left or like 12, like two minutes left. And then ever since then, like, I was basically in the rotation. I kind of got, you know, in and out, um, like spot times where I got DMPs. Maybe I wasn't shooting it well or playing well, but for the most part, the whole year, um, other than injuries, I had a hamstring issue um, that I was out for probably two or three weeks. But other than that, I hit the ground running pretty quick. Um, I want to ask about a specific game, like early on. I think it was December. I feel like this was kind of like your coming out to p- party to a lot of like the nation. Where you guys are playing. Yeah, exactly. You guys are playing on ESPN. LeBron says that you go five for six and then hit the game winner. Kind of like walk through your mindset in that second half, because obviously, I mean, you just completely went off and ended up winning the game for them. So. Yeah. So. I mean, it was just a, a regular game. Um, and then we went into overtime, right? I think it was overtime. Um, there had been, like, Russ had actually hit the three in the corner. And then oh, yeah. Wayne Ellington, I thought. Wayne hit it to top. Russ hit it before Wayne. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then yeah. Wayne hit one in the three uh, in the corner, same corner, to tie it, uh, to send it to overtime. And then they, the, in overtime, I believe, they hit, like, two threes back-to-back that were just, I think, Kleber banked one in from the top of the key. So it's just some, some wild stuff going on. And yeah. So that play actually, I don't know who it was on the bench, but I was standing in the right corner before we ran the play. We didn't even really run a play, honestly. We were just running a slip screen with Wayne and Braun. And someone on their bench behind us, or behind me was like, you don't want it. And I was I, t- I literally turned around and was like, look, I'm, I'm probably not going to touch it, but if I do, it's game. <laughs> And, yeah, I was like, if I do, it's over. Like, it's game. And literally, like, I don't ever really get caught up in the moment. Like, I don't know if it's just, like, 
I don't know. I never get nervous, really, other than golf. I get nervous in golf. But <laughs> basketball-wise, like, never get nervous. Yeah. And literally, like, when the pass was coming to me, I was like, oh, shit, like, I can't <laughs> miss this now. I just told him I wasn't going to touch it, but if yeah. I did, it was over. And then, obviously, shot goes in. And you get Arguably raked. a foul. <laughs> and you get raked. Arguably, it was a foul, but they didn't call it. Uh, and then the next thing I see, I turn around and run to the other end, and I see Rondo at the free throw line, like, waving at the crowd. The game's still going on. <laughs> the game's still going on, but crazy night. Um, actually, the whole fourth quarter, LeBron was, was on me. Like, I made a couple defense mistakes. I let Jalen Brunson get left, and basically it was no left, obviously. Um, so he was on me the whole fourth quarter and, and overtime, but you know, it was it was a good night for sure. Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, it's just just like moments you dream of, right? Like, like a year before yeah. you were in Oklahoma playing with, like who knows, you know what I mean? And then five yeah. years before that, you were dropping seventy three, hillbilly Kobe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe the best part, yeah, Billy Kobe. Maybe the best part of that answer is you walking through hitting a game winner in a Lakers game on ESPN. You're like, I really wasn't nervous, but like golf, like if oh, I'm damn. standing over like, <laughs> so I'm telling you, if, if if I got people watching me and golf, not so much anymore. Oh, like, so I'm works. more comfortable with my game now. But like back in the day, yeah. if I had people watching me, I'd it'd get a little tight. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're scratched, then you don't you don't have much to worry about. I don't know if I'm scratched yet. I'm like a two. So so quick 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 ah. quick uh, quick side note. So Austin played the other day. I was like, Hey Austin, how'd you play? He's like, 76. Could have hit a putt all day. <laughs> that was a very. I could have I could have been uh, I could have been four under through three, but couldn't make a putt. I was like, Austin, I honestly hate you now. <laughs> Come on. You're yeah. a great guy, but that's like just outrageous. You're like, I scored 73 in a game, but, like, I'm shooting 72 on the golf course, too. Like, that's just completely unfair. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. But, yeah, so, obviously, season season came, uh, season was over. Obviously, wasn't it the season that you guys wanted to have. Talk about just your mindset going into this off season, um, the summer that you had, um, not having to play summer league, and <laughs> and obviously just kind of getting the confidence from the, from the front office to be like, hey, like, you're going to be a, a big part of our team this year. Yeah, I think it kind of stemmed off of, I mean, the last game of the year. Um, you know, people will say, yeah, you wasn't playing anybody, which is true, like playing the other team's backups. But, uh, you know, kind of got the chance to, like, really, really be myself. Um, and then in the summer, like, it was basically just keep doing what you're doing and then just keep getting better. Uh, get in the weight room, get faster, stronger, all that. Um, but, I mean, from day one of summer, like, it's been the same um, message. Just keep doing what I'm doing, keep playing the right way. And, you know, like I said, everything will work out. And, I mean, I feel like that's why I've, I've been successful so far, just because I play the game the right way. Austin only went home for three weeks this summer. Like, he, he told me, he was like, I, I had to stay in L.A. just – and yeah. I mean, everyone comes out to LA for the summer. Right. But Austin wasn't out yeah, on the beaches yeah. or anything like that. He's like, All right, I'm gonna yeah. stay. I'm gonna stay in El Segundo and just. I was in the gym. Work out three times a day. I was yeah. in the gym for sure. Nah, but but obviously, um, obviously, you had a really good summer. Um, 
and then just talk about just just kind of the transition to this new team um and obviously we talked about it a little bit before but just just talk about obviously august september with the new guys and, and what, what your mindset is going into this upcoming year yeah i mean it's kind of similar to last year from a standpoint of like we have what five guys that was on the team last year yeah i don't i mean i don't really number i mean specific but I mean, this whole time is just uh, really a learning process of how to play with other guys, like people that you haven't played with before. Like playing with this guy was very easy for me because he <laughs> plays just like he plays just like my brother does. So it was very common. So I didn't have to change anything. But like you know, playing with others, you got to learn to give people the ball in certain spots uh, where they like to have it. You know, if they want to play a pick and roll, calling plays for them. Uh, just stuff like that is, I mean, the main thing. Um, but I mean, it's been it's been really good so far. I feel like, like I said earlier, the vibe's been really good. I feel like we got a lot of talent, um, and it's just a matter of you know gelling it all together and having that unspoken chemistry. Because um, there's times on the court you get tired and you don't really want to talk that much, but. You know, teams that have played together for a long time, like Golden State, like, they don't have to talk. Like, it's literally known where they're supposed to be at all times. So, that's what we're we're striving to be like. Um, but, you know, it's it's been good so far. Uh, you mentioned you and Swider having a pretty good, uh, you know, like, one-and-two punch on the court. The play styles are so complimentary, so it's pretty seamless. I was going to ask you guys sort of, like, mentor mentee you're in pretty much the same situation swider is that you were in i mean last summer so kind of just talk about your guys relationship how you've maybe bounced some advice off swider he's asked you some questions and how uh you guys have have grown together to being on this podcast as an honorary fourth guest (laughs) it is i mean it was very simple like i mean it started off like i obviously watched summer league so i knew what he was really good at uh, and then when we started right. playing pickup in the summers like I remember I went to coach Gent and I was like yo like give me Cole like and then you can <laughs> you can base the team off of that and we were winning a lot of games in the summer uh, like I said it was easy to play with him and you know as of advice it's just like everybody told me just be yourself like you don't have to go out and try to be someone you're not do what you do really good and after that and then just compete uh, and play the game the right way and he's going to be fine. Yeah, Austin's been great to me in terms of just, just teach, teaching me how just to be a professional too, you know what I mean? Obviously getting to the gym early, eat, eating the right stuff, just just ultimately just, just being an ultimate pro. So I, I've just been very thankful for Austin and obviously it's, it's nice being out on the court with him because he, he finds me, you know what I mean? And he, he makes my job a lot easier because a lot of time, I mean, as a shooter, you know what I mean, that, that, that first shot is, is big, you know what I mean? So playing with a playing with a, a point guard who knows how to get you in the right spot. He's like, hey, Cole, like, come for this dribble handoff. Hey, Cole, come for this pitch. Come, hey, Cole, these two guys are going to come get you this next play. I'm going to get you going. I'm going to get you going. It just makes it so much easier for me. So I've just been very thankful for, for Austin. And obviously, he's a he's a hell of a guy, too. And actually, uh, yeah. our, our relationship started with just we, we had a similar guy that, that we uh, worked out with a little bit named Zach Gonzalez. Um so just having Zach, obviously, too, who worked for the team last year, no longer works for the team anymore, just I think it kind of helped us get a little bit closer as well. Yeah, shout out my boy Zach. 
Shout out Zach, man. One of the hardest working guys also, in the industry. Uh, the personalities like mesh well together because Austin, I can tell you're a pretty like mild mannered, quiet guy, and Swider's probably the loudest on the team. <laughs> right, so. He's definitely one of those. He's up there. He's yeah. up there for sure. A lot of, sh- a lot of screaming going on. There is that. I remember. That's fucking true in the draft. I'm just gonna yeah, say. Yeah. I'm just gonna say. Some someone <laughs> got dunked on this summer, and I didn't think he was ever gonna shut up, and he was screaming at the top of his lungs. Sounds uh, about right. Pat, he would have loved it. <laughs> Who, are we not naming names? I don't want to put no one on blast, so... I, I would just say uh, yeah, yeah, Damian Jones dunked on someone, and and you know you know those dunks where you like you can like climb up their chest? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, and they get even higher? It's like uh, LeBron in Cleveland last year. Yeah. He like put his foot on someone's chest, and you're like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He did dunk it hard, oh, you, too. Swire, you had, you had one of those in practice last year. No, that was that was straight athleticism. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, man, Austin, obviously very thankful and and, and uh, just happy that you could come on and obviously making time for us, Patty, Jake, yeah, um, Adam. We're, we're all thankful that you could come on and and. Uh, nah, for sure. I really appreciate I, it, my guy. I appreciate y'all. Y'all, nice to meet y'all. I'm sorry y'all had to do it with this guy. Um, That that wraps up another episode, and, and thank you guys very much. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed this week's show. To find out who will be joining us next week, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms, at Swider Show on Instagram, at Swider Show on Twitter, and at Swider Show on TikTok. We also recently developed our very own YouTube page, www.youtube.com slash at Swider Show and subscribe. You can send in a mailbag question to be featured on the show, swidershow at gmail.com. And of course, if you haven't already, make sure to turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode week to week. Cole Swider Show with Patty Casey is presented by Blue Wire Podcast and our executive producer, Adam Lewis. Swider Show is created by Cole Swider, Patty Casey, and producer Adam Lewis. All rights reserved. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week.